Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. working at a cabinet shop when I was in high school after school it was my job and uh, I wasn't I could not run the machinery because I was at 18 you had to be 18 to, to for the insurance to cover you but I remember the the shop foreman always going around telling everybody actually the owner of the company telling everybody make sure that you leave those safety devices on those machines and the guys I remember the guys would hate them they would fuss about them because it was aggravating and it'd get in the way and sure enough, one day, a guy took those devices off and started running the machine without it, and his hand went into the machine, and he amputated a couple fingers. And what I want to tell you is this. The reason I tell you that is this, because safety devices, even though they seem aggravating, are there for your safety. Amen? Amen. It's like a lifeguard is there to guard your life, right? <laughs> And so what I want to tell you is that when we talk about the Ten Commandments, the reason that God gave them is sometimes they can seem like they're, they're restrictive. They can seem like they're aggravating. But remember, they are safety guards for your life. Amen, everybody? It safeguards your life. And even though it just seems like, oh, this doesn't apply to me and I shouldn't have to uh, keep this. Listen, <clears throat> if you go long enough breaking those commandments, you become broken. Just like that guy that thought he could handle that machine without the safety device, and all of a sudden his hand slipped into that saw. You see, he did it many times before, but eventually, sometimes it gets you. Amen? And so would you stand with me now as we, as we say the Ten Commandments together? In honor of God's Word, we're going to stand and say these commandments together. Let's say them. You ready? Here we go. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. Thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, wife, or possessions. Amen, everybody. You may be seated. So today I want to talk to you about uh, the commandment... Again, again, the commandments, let me say this before I get started, is that I'm having you recite the Ten Commandments in the King James translation because that's the way many people heard them coming up in Sunday school. But I want to break it down to you in like the NIV translation. I want to read it to you, the commandment we're going to talk about today. And the commandment we're going to talk about today is the commandment number four. And it simply is this in Exodus 20 and 9. Again, the commandment number four is this. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. For on it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the aliens within your gates. Okay, so this is a commandment that says that we are to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Now, I want to explain this to you because uh, I get this question a lot. Understanding that the Sabbath day is Saturday. Saturday is the last day of the week. 
And so in the Old Testament times, that all religious uh, uh, obligations, matter of fact, even still Jews today still look at the Sabbath as their Sabbath day, or it is the seventh day. Why do we, why are we here on Sunday? If the Sabbath day is Saturday, why are we here on Sunday? And that's a great question. It's because after Jesus arose from the dead, he rose on Sunday. It was a Sunday morning, and it was the first day of the week. And all the believers said, you know what? Instead of us just saying, God, we're gonna, we want to honor you with the last day of the week, is that because Jesus gave God the first day of the week, they said, you know what, he rose on the first day of the week, then we want to honor you on the, we want to give you first, not last, we want to give you first, God. And so that's how we begin to worship on Sundays. As Christians, we say, instead of giving God the last day of the week, we want to give him the first day of the week. We want to enter our week fresh with God. You understand that? Does that make sense to you? So that's why we worship on Sunday, everybody. Now, this week, we've, it's been interesting around here. I'm telling you, it's amazing what happens around this campus. But this week, we had some goats to show up. Now, I'm not talking about your mother-in-law, the old goat. <laughs> oh, that was bad, wasn't it? And I got a great mother-in-law. I don't know why I keep telling those jokes, but anyways. So here's the picture of our goats that showed up here. They actually showed up. We could, like they just showed up and started hanging out here. And uh, we could not get rid of them. You should have seen our pastors out there trying to wrangle those goats. Uh, we were not successful. We would have starved to death as ranchers. Uh, we could not do it. So finally, we had some people come and, and, and get them. But the reason I share that with you is today because maybe you've heard the adage that that got my goat. You ever heard that, that got my goat? Someone say that. How did that come about? Well, in ancient times, there would be uh, people that would race horses to be race horses. They'd race them forever and ever and ever. And what they discovered was that a that goat usually has a calm demeanor. It's really calm. And when they would put the goat in with the, with the race horses, it would make them calm. They would not be as high, strong, and nervous. And so, they would, the, so what they found out the night before, especially a big race would happen, they would put the goat in the, in the uh, stall with the horse, and the horse would be very calm, and therefore it could run much faster, uh, you know, the race day. Well, what the owners, that, uh, the owners that were racing against the other person would do is they would go in and they would steal the goat. And they would take the goat out of the, out of the stall with the horse. And the next morning when the horse got ready to run, it was all high strung and it could not run as fast. And so that's how, that's how the saying come about, you know, that got my goat. Who got my goat? Someone got my goat. And what they were saying was is that they stole the very thing that was supposed to bring calm to my horse. And so I would just tell you there's something in your life that, you know, that, that is supposed to bring calm to your life. And it's called the Sabbath day. That's why God created it. It was like, you know, just like, just like a, the picture of the goat, of God instituting something in your life pattern that would bring you uh, rest and allow you to relax and allow your stress to be reduced. And, and so the question that I have today is this, is what's, what or who has got your goat? You see, when, again, we say when someone aggravates us and when there's stress in our life and, and when things happen, they could, that would be a time to use that saying and say, you know, that got my goat or they got my goat and they ticked me off. 
Well, God instituted the Sabbath day in order that you might have a time of calming and that you might have a time of peace. And without that, you're going to be high strong and you're not going to be able to perform like you want to perform at work and at life. Amen, everybody? So listen, Jesus said it about this. We'll talk about that just in a second. Let me go ahead and get into this. There's three things I want to share with you. How to allow the Sabbath day to reduce your stress is this. Number one is this. Oh, I almost, I don't want to miss this one. Number one, be willing to work. If you, <laughs> you say, Jeff, we're talking about resting and you're talking about working. Yeah, you need something to rest from. Yes. Amen? Some people are stressed from, they're stressed from too much rest. Amen? Especially in our culture today, everybody, you know, wants to have, we got too much chill time. That's right. Okay, yeah, well, let's move on here. I hear you. Look what the Bible says. Now, remember in Genesis 2, this is at the very beginning of time when God created Adam and Eve before sin ever entered the world, God said it was good for man to work, okay? So in, the, in heaven, those of you that think that you're going to sit up there on a cloud and play a harp, you're wrong. And I'm, I'm so glad you're wrong because that would be hell to me. No, 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 no. I don't want to sit up there and play no harp. No, I, I, there's something that God's got for us to do. Look what it says. In Genesis 2 and 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to what, everybody? To work. To work it. To work, to work it and to take care of it. You know, work is good for you. Work is good. Let me say it again. Work is good for you. Amen? Work is good for you. Matter of fact, I read this, uh, this week in a, in, the, um, in a journal, the Social Science and Medicine Journal, they said this, that they did the study and found out that when people move from unemployment to paid work, that the risk of mental health problems reduced by 30%. The best thing you can do for your mental health is get a job. Tell, tell young people that. Amen? I'm depressed. Go to work. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I'm telling you, it's, it's true is that you are mentally healthier when you have a purpose to get up and go do something every day. Amen? Amen. And so also another study showed this, that to men, men that it said that over 30% of men that were polled were more satisfied when they got, were getting up and going to work. I'm telling you that work is good for you. God created that. It's good for you. Proverbs 10 and 4 says this, being lazy will make you what, everybody? Amen. <laughs> It'll make you poor, but hard work will make you what? It'll make you rich. In other words, you will have money. You know, no mon, no fun. Right? That's right. No mon, no fun. You know, people always say this sometimes. They say, you know, they're always talking about, oh, I wish I had what you had. I wish I had what you had. Oh, I just wish I had what you had. Well, here's what I got a clue for you. Do what I did and you can get what I got. <laughs> Amen. That's right. Listen, that's what you need to tell them. The next time, you know, those relatives come and they say, oh, I wish I had what you had. I just didn't have all the break. No, no, no. You do what I did and you can get what I got. That's right. Go to work. That's right. Anything that you see is growing, there's work. You know, I, I used to think uh, when I was, you know, just starting out in ministry and I felt that, found out it wasn't real easy, I thought, okay, what else can I do? So I seen a, real estate, a person doing real estate back then, you know, back in the day, they didn't have, you know, the social media and so forth and didn't have the Internet. And so they had a pager. Some of you have to Google what a pager is. 
but they had a pager. And I was riding around one day, this guy with our church, I thought, you know, maybe I want to be a real estate. That looks easy. Shoot, and that guy's pager was going off all the time. And when I realized work that even the jobs that look don't look like they got work, they're still work, amen? And any, like any church that you see is growing, and somebody's working, amen? It's got to be work. And so, it's, so understand that 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says this, For even, uh, Paul's writing is, For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. Let's read it, everybody. Here's the rule. You ready? If a man will not work, he shall not eat. Amen? Listen, when a government is big enough to meet all your needs, it's big enough to take everything you have. Let me say that again. When a government is big enough to meet all your needs, give you everything you need, it's big enough to take everything you have. And so we need to understand that it's good for us to work, everybody. Amen? Amen. So the question I have for you is this. What or who got your goat? What's taking your peace from you? What's causing your stress? Are you remembering the Sabbath day and keeping it holy? The second thing I would tell you, how to allow the Sabbath day to reduce your stress, number two is this, is rest my mind and my body. Rest my mind and my body. That's what the Sabbath day is all about. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said this. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of who? A people. The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not for people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. In other words, Jesus was saying that the Sabbath day was created for man, not man for the Sabbath. That what that means is, is that God gave us the Sabbath day is not to benefit God, it's to benefit you. He wants you to have rest. He knows what's good for you. You remember like being in kindergarten and it made you take that nap. <laughs> Dear God, they shouldn't reverse that, right? When you get in high school, you need a nap. <laughs> I thought I'd get the teenagers to give me a big amen right there. That's right. Remember, in kindergarten, you didn't want to take a nap. You want to run all over the place. When you get in high school, you want to lay with your head on your desk right there and drool a little bit, you know? <laughs> That's right. So I think we need to reverse that. But you want to take a nap. Why? Because you needed rest. They knew that if you didn't get rest, you were going to be a handful. And let me just tell you something. If you don't get rest, you're going to be a handful too. Someone said, well, pastor, the devil never rests. Why should we rest? Well, here's why. Because if you don't rest, you'll be just like him. Amen? Some of you need a rest. And I can tell you that, you know, Rhonda and I, that we're moving again. We sold our house, and we're moving into another house. And, it, and there's been a couple weeks here. It's been not a lot of rest. And I can tell you it showed up because Pastor Jeff's gotten edgy. And so she's like, go take a nap. You need some rest. And, I, and let me tell you something. That, like for two weeks, I violated the Sabbath. You know, like, uh, I mean, like we had to go as soon as church was over. We had to go take care of some stuff. And I'm telling you, when you go, 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 it gets you. And you might think that you're Superman or Wonder Woman, but you're not. And, and listen, either you're going to take some time out and, 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 and let, let God give you some rest or somebody's going to get your goat. <laughs> Amen? And so I just want to challenge you to get some rest. You know, almost anything will work well again if it's unplugged for a little while, especially you. You know, why not take some time to get off social media and unplug? Some of your life will get better if you just can take a 24-hour break from social media. Mm, you, that way you think about, you know, you quit thinking about everything that everybody wants you to think about. Think about what God wants you to think about. Hey, you're alive today. Amen, everybody? 
Amen. You, you got breath in your body. God has spared you. Amen. We just, we're coming through a pandemic and you're still here. You've been blessed, everybody. Amen. You see, when you take 24 hours to disengage, you can re-engage with passion. Fire in you again. Get fired up again. The fourth commandment was a commandment that was lost through the pandemic. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Because every day through the pandemic was Groundhog Day, wasn't it? I mean, it's just the same day over and over again because we were told to stay home. Don't go anywhere. You know, uh, lockdown. And every day became the same day. I mean, we were doing the same thing every day. And all of a sudden, you know, where before we had the Sunday was coming and it was a reset day. It was a day that we was going to get out of the house and we as a family was going to go to church. And, and it was our reset day. But because of the pandemic, we lost that habit. And, and when we did, something happened to us as a, as a culture, as a society. When we, when we lost the sacredness of Sunday, is all of a sudden we see something happening that we haven't seen in a long time. That all of a sudden, in a short period of time, under like six or eight months to a year, we have seen crime ramp up in our country, all across our country, like 60 to 50 to 60 percent. And everybody says, what's going on? And, and we hear the president coming out saying, well, we got to have this legislation. We've got to have this legislation. And, and everybody's looking for an answer. Let me tell you something. This is not a legislative issue, everybody. It's a spiritual issue. Amen? Because, listen, when, when, when the pandemic happened, church attendance went down 50, 50 to 60%, and crime went up 50 to 60%. So if you want the answer, is get people back into the house of God, and it's amazing what will happen. The Holy Spirit of God, we get to move in people's lives and change them, amen? Listen, you can't be with your child 24 hours a day, but the Holy Spirit of God can. And when you teach them that God is present with them and that God is important, and you keep the Sabbath day holy unto God, and you let them know that they're there is a God in heaven who loves you and with you, then before they pull the trigger, the Holy Spirit is going to move in their life and change them. Amen? Listen, we have a sin problem. We don't have, it's not about everything else. It's a sin problem, everybody. Amen? And so people have forgotten about God. The pandemic has wiped out our conscience of God. But what the church has got to do is stand up and be bold and say, no, it's not a legislative issue. It's a, a knee issue. And it's a God issue. And we've got to come back to God, everybody. Amen. Amen. Why don't, why, don't you, why don't you pull out a dollar bill and why don't you say, you know, right in here it says, in God we trust, everybody. This is who we're about. Amen. This is what it's about. And when you forget the Sabbath day and you don't keep it holy, guess what? Everybody's goat is gotten. And when everybody's high strong, they, they do crazy things. And that's what we're seeing right now. It's everybody's stressed out because they've forgotten God. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. He said, I am the peace that you're looking for. And without Jesus, there is no peace. Amen. No God, no peace. But if you know God, you'll know peace. You see, we haven't seen the worst of this yet. Because when our children, who used to, you know, come to kids' church, and they would come to Sunday school, and they were being taught that, that you know, even if we didn't do everything right, teach them at home, we, we said, oh, we're going to church because that was their day to reset to try to get it right. And then we brought them around other people to help influence that. And these kids had some idea of God and a conscience of God. 
and yet it changes the way they act. But see, when you take that away, you got a generation coming up that knows, does not know God and know about God, and therefore they are open prey for the enemy to get in their mind and do anything that they want to do. How can these young people do such horrible things? I'll tell you, because they don't know God. Yes. Amen? And so, listen, you and that's why, you know, the Bible says this. In Hebrews 10, he says this. Look what he says. He says, and let us, look, let us consider who, everybody? One another. In other words, coming to church is not just about you. Amen. I know that. Thank God for thank God for the internet. Thank God that we got people all over the world that are watching our service right now. And they can't be, they just can't be here. They want to be here, but they can't be here. But you know what? And thank God, you know, when you go on vacation, you can still watch church. Thank God for that. But it can never replace the house of God. You see, and it can never play. Your children, the thing that broke my heart is through the pandemic, I thank God for everybody that's watching online, but the children aren't watching online, and they're not getting it. And they're the ones that, they're the ones that's going to go back into a hostile environment in that school with that peer pressure, and they're going to be bullied, and they're not going to know what to do. And so that's when the devil gets in their mind and says, maybe you ought to do this. And that's how kids do hideous things. Because the enemy, we have to, we have a responsibility as children of God and as people of God is to let the world know that Jesus is still the answer and that you need to go to church. Amen, everybody. Amen. You see, he goes, let me finish this verse. He says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works for not, uh, not forsaking the assemblies of yourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. Amen? See, we got this card right here. And you have one, too. I want you to take it out. Everybody take this July 4th card out. What is this? This is an opportunity for someone to find freedom in Jesus Christ. We're going to be celebrating next Sunday. We're celebrating our military. We're celebrating our veterans, those that are active duties, those that have served our country. We are celebrating next Sunday, and we want you to invite someone to come. You say, well, why would I do that? Because this card is, gives you an excuse. It gives you an excuse to, to mention Jesus, amen, and mention church. You don't, you'd say, well, I'm scared. We'll say, hey, listen, I want you to come to church with me because we're doing this Fourth of July celebration. That's all you have to say is we're giving you a tool to give someone else in order, why? That their life can be changed. Listen, if we don't change, if the church doesn't step up, the world's going to get worse. If you want a better community, listen, when the church attendance grows all through our community, our community will get better, everybody. Listen, if we want a better community, we got to have bigger churches, amen? we got to have more people in church. That's the answer. And so you have responsibility. I have responsibility. Don't you sit back and say and watch the news and say, oh, that's horrible. Oh, that's horrible. And this and that's in that city and that's in that city. No, it's coming to our city, amen? It's coming to our community. But the only way it stops is that we say, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to be proactive. We're going to tell people about Jesus Christ, and we're going to get as many people in church as we can, Amen. And if you go to give somebody this card and say, well, you know, I would come to your church, but I live somewhere else, say, well, listen, go to another church, amen. Go to church. It doesn't matter where. Go to church, amen. And watch what happens. And what I want you to do is hold that card. Would everybody hold that card? I want to pray over this card. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit of God to change somebody's life. And you never know what's going on in somebody's mind. And so they need God. You got that? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now as we give this card away, 
I'm asking you, Father, that you would anoint it, and God, that you would change lives, and that you would help someone, oh Lord, realize their need for you, and God, that their, Lord, their eternal destination will be changed, oh God, that their peace will be granted, oh God, that they will find faith and love and hope in you, and God, that generations will be changed. We pray for their children and their grandchildren, oh God, that their lives will be changed, and that the enemy cannot have them, oh God, because we're going to do our part in Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen, amen, and amen. Take that card. It's anointed of God. Take it and give it to somebody. Amen. I'm passionate about that. Listen, it's not just, I'm not trying to get people to come to church just because I'm a pastor. No, I want people to come to church because our lives are depending on it. Amen? Our community depends on that. And so I want you to do it. So a next step on your connection card, by the way, just check the box. says, I want to invite someone to come to church with me on July 4th. The next step, I would say this, is how, how to... Allow stress, allow the Sabbath day to reduce stress. Remember, we're asking who got your goat or what got your goat. What's stolen that piece from you? And that is this, is restore. I would say, restore my soul through worshiping God. Restore my soul through worshiping God. The Psalm 23 says this. Remember this famous psalm, everybody, that we read a lot at funerals? It says this, the Lord is my shepherd. Notice that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Look what he does. He makes me. The Lord makes me. Here's that rest. Remember the Sabbath day. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And he leads me beside the quiet waters. In other words, you've got to turn it off. You've got to turn it off, everybody. 24 hours, you've got to turn it off. And he goes on and says, he leads me beside the choir and he restores my soul. It's only when God gets you quiet that he can restore you. Amen. Isn't it amazing how that even driving in your car, you want to call somebody? You know, well, I'll just talk to them now. Or I'll just turn the radio on or whatever. I'll just, listen, it's time to be quiet and let God speak to you. Amen. He restores my soul. Psalm 22 and 1, I love this psalm. It says this. It says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Why? Because when you engage, when you engage in worship, you disengage worry. Amen? When you, when you engage in worshiping God and you lift God up, it's amazing what happens. How that all of a sudden that you have this peace that you didn't have. When my worship goes up, my worry comes down. Amen, everybody? Amen. That's how you do it. That's how you, that's how you replace that goat right there. As you begin to worship God, worship Him. And it's amazing what happens. Look what Jesus said, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what, everybody? Rest. Notice the kind of rest He's going to give you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your what? Your soul, that deep rest. Listen, this rest that a that, that kind of rest is a rest that a nap won't do. It's deep rest to know that, hey, that God's got me and he's got this. Amen. And that I can trust God. That, that it may feel like that, you know, the world is falling apart, but I know that God's got it. And that's a peace and a rest that, that you can have that Jesus wants you to have. You see, most people think that coming to Jesus is a one-time shot. It's a one and done. It's not. Two and through, it's not. You know, three and I'm free. No, it's four and I need more. Amen? Amen. I need more. Keep coming to Jesus. It's not a one-time thing. Keep coming to Him. I want to tell you that um, <clears throat> I've experienced something with some people in our church that I, I can't even imagine. 
you know, we, you read the book of Job, and you, you know, the first chapter of Job isn't I mean, like, how can anybody have it that bad? I mean, within one week, you know, all of a sudden he lost his, he lost his wealth, he lost his family, and then he lost his health. And I thought, I've only read about that all these years. I've read about that, but I want you to know about a month ago, I, I experienced it with a family in our church. I mean, I, a modern-day Job. And our, one family in our church by the name of uh, Jim and Crystal Stillwater, this is their picture that's coming up. Jim, uh, Jim and Crystal, one of their children was admitted to the hospital with a life-threatening issue on a Saturday night. So they're there at the hospital with that child. They get through that. On, on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday of that next, uh, the following, you know, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday, his mother is living with him. She has Alzheimer's, and she's not doing well. She falls, and she breaks her legs. They go back to the hospital. And then the doctors tell him at that point that her, his mom is not going to make it very long. And so they finally get her situated, and they take her back home. And on Thursday... On Thursday night, their family's coming over to see the mom because she's not going to live long. And so Jim decides he's going to grill, you know, hamburgers and hot dogs for everybody to feed them. And he goes and he gets a new tank to put on his grill, a gas container. He hooks it up, and he's grilling. He leaves his grill, goes inside, and all of a sudden the tank explodes. And when it explodes, that, that fuel goes all over the wall of his house, and his house begins to be inflamed. You can see this picture here is just in flames. Within a matter of moments, he said, I never would believe this, but in a matter of minutes, the only thing he had time to do was get his mother, who was health failing, and his children out of their house, and their house burned down. And then you can see the next picture of the smoldering ashes. And so all of that happened. And then Jim also... The next week, the next like two days later after that, he gets admitted to the hospital because he had an intestinal infection. Not only that, but his house burns down on Thursday night. His mother dies on Saturday. How in the world can anybody, anybody live with, how can you take any more? I mean, I mean, it just doesn't get any worse than that. I mean, it was one thing after another, after another, after another, after another. And then guess what? On Sunday, when I come to church, I've turned the corner and I see, guess who I see standing in the foyer right there? And I just say, how in the world can you be here? Because I don't think I could be here in this moment. I'd be like, God, you have forsaken me. And you just, I don't know. But they were standing here. And they said, we just had to come to church, you know, because God said he wouldn't put more on us than we can bear and that God has been there and God has loved us through this church. And I want to say today that, that God has been faithful. And right here this morning, if you look right back there, there's Jim and Crystal Stillwell sitting right here in this service. Y'all wave at everybody. There's no one, no one that I've ever met in my life that's been through so much in one week and survived. And I'm asked, and I'm saying to them, Jim, how have you done it? How have you done it? He said, Pastor, I will tell you that even though I don't, I'm hurting right now and their, their lives are not back together yet, they're still trying to put it back together. He said, but what I do know is that God is good all the time and all the time that God is good. And God has loved us. He said, God has loved us through this church. 
you've put your arms around them and you've loved them and they're here today because of you. And I want you to know that God is good no matter what you're going through. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.